All right, it looks like it's slowed down uh, for participants joining. Uh, I just wanted to let everyone know this meeting is being recorded. We've also got the live transcription on uh, in case uh, that's needed or helpful. So uh, we'll get started. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the third community meeting for the Holmes Point Overlay Street Design Standards. Uh, I am Rosalie Wessels, Neighborhood Outreach Coordinator for the City of Kirkland, uh, and we will begin this evening with some introductions. Uh, joining me tonight from the city is Amy Alcock. She is project coordinator on this project. And then we've got Mandy Roberts from OTAC. Mandy, would you mind uh, introducing yourself and your team? Thanks, Rosalie. Hi, I'm Mandy Roberts with OTAC, and I am a transportation planner and have been working on this project for a little bit over a year now. So excited to share our work with you. And with me tonight, we have Sierra Carson, who's a planner that's been working with us, as well as Catherine Woodhouse. So thank you. Great, thank you. Uh, Mandy, would you mind sharing the uh, slide deck for everyone? Um, so we'll go over the agenda for this evening. Um, so we've got the link in the chat and you all should have got an uh, email from me earlier today. Uh, those that Rosalie, I think you're muted. I'm not sure if anyone can hear me. Okay, yeah, Rosalie. I wonder if that happened when I shared the screen or something. Man, do you do you have an option to unmute Rosalie? I was just As an admin. Oh, okay. No, Rosalie shaking her head. Yeah, I don't see that I can. Okay. Well, can you guys hear me? I guess I could go ahead and start out. Um, apologize for the technical difficulties here. And Amy and I um, can maybe work through the first part of the presentation together. So tonight, um, we're going to talk a little bit about the process to date and some of the comments that we've heard. And then we are going to present our draft, um, final draft recommendations for the Holmes Point Drive corridor, the frontage along O.O. Denny Park, and then the neighborhood streets that are in the study area. And then we'll close out with a discussion of next steps. My screen. Now, can you guys see my screen, I hope? Yes, good, okay. All right, I will, 
talk about the process and a summary of what we've heard to date. And Amy, you can kind of join me as you like as we go through this. So um, we kicked off this work back in November 2020 and did quite a bit of analysis of existing conditions. And then we held our first neighborhood meeting on December 3rd uh, last year and gathered quite a lot of input and ideas and uh, tried to understand what people were really interested in as far as improvements and street standards. Um, so then we developed some preliminary, pre preliminary draft concepts and options. And we had another neighborhood meeting in May and gathered comments on those options. And then at, just directly following that, um, we went into refinement of the draft concepts and options. And there was a transportation commission presentation of those. And then we also had an online survey. Oh, Rosalie, are you back? I don't know. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Ooh, that was a good start, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So um, I will turn it back over to you. Um, okay. Just getting into the summer, fall 2021 discussion here. Sure. So uh, we did uh, go back out to the community uh, with the listserv and got 82 responses from that uh, request. So that was really helpful from people. That has really helped, you know, all of the community feedback has helped drive uh, these concepts. And so uh, we're really looking forward to showing you uh, where we are tonight. Um, one other thing to note is that uh, this study uh, emerged from the Fin Hill Neighborhood Plan uh, that was adopted by City Council in January of 2018. In response to community interest, the council directed studies to determine design standards for Holmes Point Drive corridor and the residential streets within the Holmes Point overlay area. So that's why we are uh, finishing up this study at this point. That's That was the driving uh, force behind doing this study. Uh, right now, the city has no funded projects planned from the study. And this is primarily a planning effort to create design standards consistent with the community character for the infill development that is occurring in this area. So, uh, you know, with that, uh, we can move. So next steps, we do cover this at the end of this, but just so you can, you can see it here, we are planning uh, to go to the Transportation Commission in January, and then uh, council will go before city council for their action in uh, late winter, early, or sometime in spring. So that's uh, the process. So let's get into what we heard. So we did get uh, good feedback from the neighborhood uh, for the pedestrian paths. We heard there's a strong desire for a continuous pedestrian pathway along Holmes Point Drive. There was some interest to widen the existing road uh, to include a buffered pathway. But then again, we also heard residents that were concerned that adding that impervious pathway would increase drainage issues. And so, you know, we're hearing both sides of the coin on it. Uh, there were suggestions for a gravel pathway, but the design will need to meet the accessibility standards. And so uh, that uh, was unlikely to be in implemented. So for tree retention, we know and we heard that retaining trees is a priority for your community. Uh, any tree removal that will need to be done should be done on a case-by-case -case basis. 
uh, after some thorough analysis. Uh, for bike lanes, we heard the concern that additional parking along Holmes Point Drive would require road widening and uh, potentially excessive tree removal. And you know, we know that that's not the priority for the neighborhood. Uh, we heard that in, um, we also heard that a separated climbing section uh, would benefit cyclists. And so that is incorporated into the entry sections that Mandy will walk through here in a little bit. Uh, these concepts will provide cyclists with a safe facility. So for uh, parking, uh, we heard concerns that additional parking along Holmes Point Drive would require road widening as well and potential excessive tree removal. And that uh, we also heard in the summer, uh, a lot of people felt that parking at, when parking at the park is at capacity, that it's the park is at capacity. So uh, there wasn't a lot of uh, desire for increased parking along Ogany Park. Uh, we also heard temporary parking on the mixed use and neighborhood streets is used regularly and you would like that to continue where possible. Uh, we heard requests for speed reduction measures along Holmes Point Drive and in uh, the O.O. Denny Park area. Uh, the street concepts are intended to encourage slower speeds. And we heard loud and clear that this needs to be a flexible approach specific to the existing community character of Holmes Point not a one size fits all. So uh, it's a, oh, next slide please, Mandy. Sorry. No problem. So uh, we, we definitely hear you on that. The Holmes Point has a uh, wonderful character. Um, a lot of residents re refer to it still as a rural area. And we, we hear that and we want uh, our concepts to be consistent with your desires. So now I'll invite Mandy to take over and walk you through the concepts. Um, if you have questions or comments, please do type them into the Q&A box uh, or the chat when you have them. Uh, we do have time built into the presentation to go over your questions for the different street types. And so if you have a question or a comment on the design, please put that in, in the Q&A box. Mandy? Yes, thanks, Rosalie. Okay, so uh, we are going to share the recommendations in different uh, uh, segments in this presentation. And so first we're gonna talk about the Holmes Point Drive corridor. And we looked at that really in, with two different character areas of the corridor in mind. So we have the areas in the red, which are the, um, we're calling those the entry segments. And as you all know, these are more forested areas, more steeper sections of Holmes Point Drive that provide access to um, Juanita Drive. And um, those are the areas where we'll show you, we have a buffered pedestrian bike lane proposed. And then we have the residential segment, which also includes the area along O.O. Denny Park, and that's the yellow area that you see in this map. Um, but we do have some special ideas for the Denny Park frontage, which we'll share with you in a moment. But first, let's, let's go through Holmes Point Drive in detail here. So in these two red areas, the entry areas, we have a proposed option of a buffered shoulder for bicyclists and pedestrians to use on the uphill climbing side of the road. 
And this type of standard or design is used on Juanita Drive. And uh, the only thing that, that we think would be different is we probably wouldn't have those flexible candlestick elements on Holmes Point Drive. Um, it would just be a wider buffer area um, between the travel lane and the mixed use pedestrian and, and bike lane. So in a cross section view at the north end on the right hand side, as people are traveling in that direction and that's, that's climbing, we would have this six to eight foot protected mixed use shoulder um, as you see here. We would still have a, a two to four foot shoulder on the westward side of Homeless Point Drive as well. Um, but the, the hope would be, and we're responding to what we heard about having a continuous pedestrian bicycle path along the entire corridor, um, that that would be mostly focused on, um, on this Eastern side. And um, there is one area where we will have to shift it to um, the westward side. And that is because at the south end of Holmes Point Drive, where there's the entry zone, the climbing lane is actually on the westward side. So we need to locate it there. But we do have an idea about how how we can create a, a safe crossing to get people from one side to the other, which I'll show you in a moment. So I think um, we'll go ahead and talk about the residential areas of Homes Point Drive, and then we'll pause um, for questions and discussion. So in uh, the residential area of Homes Point Drive, the yellow area, we have, um, a concept that we've developed for a continuous pathway on the east side. And this would be a curb protected mixed use area for pedestrians and bicyclists. And we would also still have a standard four foot shoulder on the west side of the road. And um, where space allows as exists today, we would provide on-street parking in the design concepts. So here's an example of what that looks like. And another example from not too far away on 84th Avenue Northeast with a curb and a shoulder area that pedestrians and bicyclists can use. And what that looks like in cross section is uh, what's shown in this illustration. So you basically have a space that both pedestrians and bicyclists can use. It's protected from traffic with this curb while we also still would have a paved shoulder on the other side. Um, if um, there's a desire to retain parking, on-street parking in some locations in these residential segment areas, uh, that could be accommodated and it would be located next to the travel lane and, and the curb then would protect the mixed use shoulder so that people wouldn't be parking over that area. Um, if parking were desired on the westward side of the corridor, then um, it would be located uh, in the same manner adjacent to the travel lane and a curb would be added to the shoulder there just to ensure that there's no parking over the top of where pedestrians or bicyclists might be. So with that, I think we're gonna go to questions and discussions. So I'll turn it back over to Rosalie. 
Yeah, thanks. Uh, one question in the chat, looks like it's from Connor. How much will all this cost? How will it be paid for? So these are preliminary designs. Uh, they have not been uh, cost estimated. Uh, and as far as paying for it, uh, as I mentioned, there is no current funding for these projects. These are future planning um, for the potential. Uh, so this would compete with other projects in the city. Uh, having a design like this will allow us to look at other opportunities for external funding. But at this time, uh, we have uh, no plans for this area to be designed. We, we can get into it a little bit more for the neighborhood streets um, because these design standards will be able to, uh, we will be able to have the developers who might be uh, doing infill in different areas to uh, pay for part of these uh, improvements. And then let's see, Catherine, you've got some in the Q&A. Yeah, so we've got a couple questions here um, asking about the width. And we'll see if this can answer a few people's questions. Um, Rebecca asked, would you shift the road to create bigger shoulders on Holmes Point Drive in your yellow section, meaning would the center line as it exists now be moved to accommodate the larger shoulders, or would you just create large shoulders from the now existing center line? Yeah, do you want me to answer that? What I would say that what we are recommending is that we keep the improvements inside the public right of way and try to keep within the area that's improved today as much as possible. So that would mean holding the center line in its current location as much as possible. But again, these are early concepts and this project, if, if it were to move forward in the future, would need to go through more design. And as we know, there are some constraints and directly adjacent to the right of way that design would need to respond to. Great. Um, we have another question that says, uh, will you move the utility poles on the west side of Holmes Point Drive Northeast if they are within the newly widened designated shoulder? If so, where will you move them? Um, into the property of the owners on the west side requiring them to move anything? maybe in the way of this newly designed space. Yeah, um, again, we are trying to, as this graphic is showing, we're trying to keep the improvements within a fairly, um, you know, narrow area that represents what's developed today. And in that case, we wouldn't necessarily need to move all of the utility poles, but there may be a need to do some you know, occasionally along there. Um, it would be nice for other reasons to have those lines undergrounded or whatnot, but that would be very costly to do that. Great, we also have a question about trees. It says, will the continuous path, path on the east side of Holmes Point Drive in the residential area involve tree removal? Yeah, and that's another reason why we're really trying to keep these improvements to a minimum with and for example why for the protected mixed use shoulder we're not showing any kind of physical separation from the roadway for that path we're trying to keep it tight to where it is today and that's because we heard from the community very loud and clear that existing trees are very important so we want to try to preserve those 
And, uh, you know, again, these are concepts. So with design, that mission would need to continue where we would, you know, actually at that point, designers would probably have a tree survey and they would look at exactly where the trees are located and try to avoid, you know, mature trees and design as much as possible. Um, we have another question here. Oh, sorry, I just lost it, but about parking. Um, and it says, would parking be permit only? Um, it seems like parking near O, Denny, would result um, in parking for those coming to the park in these residential areas. Yeah, and I'm not sure I know the answer to that. Would someone at the city be willing to? I don't think we've thought about thought that as part of this process yet. <laughs> uh, the question is whether it would be permit parking? Yes. We have not entertained permit parking uh, as a part of this study or, or any other. Um, so at this time, no. Um, we have another question about parking that says, I know width is limited, if we decide we want to incorporate parking, can we do that in pockets or pullouts or width better allows as opposed to cramming in continuous parking and protecting the pedestrian path the entire length? Yes, that's exactly what we are expecting <coughs> because that's how it is occurring today is in pockets where there's more space. And that would be the same with this design. You would only be able to include the, the parking where where space allows. And again, we're trying to stick within the um, roadway prism as much as possible with what's there today. And that speaks to the flexible design approach that we're looking for, for throughout this. We wanna have a continuous pathway um, along those residential areas. And if parking is available that we can get in there with the space allowed, then that, that, that speaks to that flexibility of the design. Great. Um, well, we've got a few more questions. Do we want to field a few more or come back to those later in the presentation? I think we have time to field just a couple more. Yeah, okay. we're getting good, good feedback here. Great. Um, someone asked, what are the impacts to erosion and slide risks? And when in the process is this evaluated? Yeah, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, that would definitely be part of design and engineering of any improvements that might occur in the future. And uh, while we're talking about that, I'm sure folks are aware that any types of roadway improvements or development that occurs um, in the future would need to comply with the cities and the Department of Ecology's stringent standards that protect water quality and erosion and um, call for, uh, you know, effective management of stormwater. So that would need to be factored into the project and included where needed. And we do know that there are some, some drainage ways that cross, um, cross the area that would have to be engineered. And, you know, we would need, of course, there would be sedimentation and erosion control as part of any future construction as well. Okay, great. Um, we have a few different questions about uh, private property that may fall in this footprint. So this one states, 
If you widen the shoulder on the west side of Holmes Point Drive, will you require residents on the water side to remove anything that falls within your newly designated shoulder space, like hedges, rockery, carports, et cetera? If yes, then will you compensate the owners for the destruction of their property? Yeah, that's another reason I'll just say, and perhaps maybe someone from the city might want to respond as well. That's another reason why we're trying to keep a very tight footprint here and not um, expand outward um, to more area than, than is um, developed today. And I might just add, you know, one of the things we're looking at here are narrower roadway lanes, the 9.5 foot lanes are narrower than the, the travel lanes that are there today. That enables us to buy a little bit of space to use for the protected shoulder and the paved shoulder. Um, so we are trying to keep that footprint to a minimum. It's definitely included within the public right-of-way and proposed entirely within the public right-of-way, but we do know there are some, some private features that are in the right-of-way and you know, that would be looked at in more detail in design. And, uh, you know, I think probably trying to avoid as much impact as possible would be part of that design process. And in addition to that, too, just to jump in on that, there was also um, concerns if we're widening the road, widening the road on the west side it gets quite steep. There are concerns for driveway access. And so even though those portions are in the right of way, we understand that. You know, if we widen it, we're going to steepen driveways, and we don't want to do that either. Yeah. Good questions. I'm thinking we should move on, but perhaps we could come back and capture some more of these. Can we make a note, Catherine, kind of where we are? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I apologize if I didn't get to your question, but I'll be copying those down so we can pick them up towards the end. Okay. Great. So I'm going to move on now and tell you a little bit about what, what the recommended standards are in front of Odeni Park. And, you know, we heard a lot from the neighborhood about how important it is to have safe pedestrian and bicycle access to and from the park. A lot of people who live in the neighborhood walk to and from the park. And while there are others that come and park from other places in Kirkland, um, you know, making sure that things are really safe for the people who live here is a high priority. So that's really what we've worked on here. And um, we would basically retain parallel parking on the west side and have paths on both sides of Holmes Point Drive with um, some crossing locations. And this is a plan view, a map basically with north um, turned to the right-hand side um, but it just helped us kind of show you more as to what we were thinking of in terms of safe pedestrian crossing locations. So um, the red line here is where the uphill climbing entry segment um, buffered path would start. And then the yellow represents that continuous path on the east side that we just showed you. And then this green area is the area in front of the park. And we have studied um, two crossing locations in the vicinity of the park, and I'll show you those in a little bit more detail. One is near the existing parking lot that's across the street from the park, and the other one is at 68th Avenue Northeast. 
And then we also have a, remember I mentioned this earlier in the presentation, but we have a pedestrian crossing proposed here to get people safely across from the buffered ped bike lane on the west side to the continuous path on the east side. And we've studied this and talked with um, city engineers and feel like that's a good location for that good site distance there and um, traffic's moving uh, more slowly there as they come into more of the flatter area of the corridor. So this is what that proposed improvement looks like in front of the park and near that existing parking location. You can see the parallel parking lane here and the pedestrian path on the west side. And this is that continuous uh, um, protected pathway on the east side here. And this is another view looking northward with, you can see that existing parking lot on the right-hand side and the park is on the left-hand side. And we would have, we would make this crossing really visible with some devices. We would recommend rectangular rapid flashing beacons in these locations to help um, with the crossing and making it a safe crossing. And here's another view of what that would look like from a bird's eye looking down. One of the things that we've also talked about is that this could be a raised crossing area where you see the crosswalk paint markings that could be raised and it essentially then functions a little bit like a speed hump or a tabled area. So that provides a lot of um, benefits related to traffic calming, making the area where pedestri pedestrians are crossing highly visible to motorists and would just really bring a lot of safety and traffic coming benefits, which we did hear a lot from the community about concerns about how fast people are traveling in this area. And then just two more illustrations to show you. These are on the um, northerly side of the park crossing at um, 68th Avenue. Do I have that right, guys? 68th Avenue Northeast, yeah, I think that's it. And then this is another kind of bird's eye view of that. So we will pause and take some questions and comments now about the park frontage area and what you think about these recommendations. Um, so far, we've just got one comment on the park area that says, please install raised crossings. Okay, good to know. We're taking notes by the way and we're recording, so got that. <laughs> um, we oh, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just gonna say anything else coming in? Not yet. We do have a few, um, oh, here's a question. Will parking be allowed in the east side of Holmes Point Drive through the park? Well, there, there is that existing parking area that's there today. So that would be re retained. And all parking would be on the west side, as you see in this illustration, the parallel parking, which is where where that occurs today. So it's really managed to the same level as it occurs today. We have a question. Has the committee considered speed bumps near crossings? So that's really the, what the function of a raised crossing would, would be. It, it's not really a speed hump or a speed bump. It's a bit wider than that. 
but it's designed so that it's, um, you know, motorists can travel over, over those areas at low speeds safely and it has the traffic calming benefits. So that's why we are considering doing raised crosswalks in, in these areas. Great, and we have another comment that's, that likes the raised crosswalk idea. Um, we do have a comment that says, your plan takes away a bunch of parking on the north end of the park on the west side. Uh, I don't believe that's the intent. So, um, Andy, if you go to the last slide showing this crossing at 68 is where I think they're, oh. I think that this looks like a curve, which would take away that parking. Oh, okay. I think we can fix that. I apologize if that's giving the wrong intent, but that, uh, that parallel parking could, would continue in all the locations that it exists today. That's the intent. Um, another comment. Right now, parking on the east side of the park, um, in the park, results in cars in ditches or in the travel lane. Please address this as part of the design. Yes, good comment. And I think this design does address that by keeping all parking on the west side. And I think it prevents parking with, uh, it might be a curb on the uh, east side of Holmes Point Drive. Is that right, Mandy? That's, that's correct. So. It's that similar cross-section that we showed you earlier, if I can get back there really quick. So this path on the east side would have a curb here. And so, um, you know, people wouldn't be able to park over here um, because of that. Great, we also have a question related to that. Um, how do you prevent visitors from parking on the east side of the street? Yeah, and I think that would be that curb that we just just discussed would prevent that. <laughs> um, good comment. Yeah, a lot of really good comments. Someone just made a comment, like what you're doing. Oh, this is actually related to the entry area, so we'll come back around to that. Okay. Um, do the raised crossings make noise? Am I going to hear them all night long at the car crossings, um, specifically lives on 68th and Holmes Point Drive. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure what the noise level would be, but honestly, I think the traffic would be slowing down. And so um, they would be, you know, going in a slow motion over those speed, speed, um, well, they're not really speed humps, they're just raised areas. And they're much wider than like a narrow speed hump or speed bump that you probably have seen in, in certain areas. And those bumps do create no noise because people tend to travel over them more uh, at a little bit higher speed and more rapidly. So I know this is designed to, to not necessarily create that kind of motion over it. Um, I think we should uh, progress on to the, the neighborhoods. Yeah. If we, can, if we have time at the end, we can re revisit some of these questions. Good idea. Thanks, Rosalie. Okay, so now we're going to talk about all the other streets um, in addition to Homeless Point Drive that we already talked about. And we have studied these in a lot of detail. We've inventoried the existing widths and levels of improvements that are on these streets. And for um, 
for our final draft recommendation, we have determined three different types of neighborhood streets and different sets of standards that could be applied to each. Um, so first of all, the pink streets that you see are areas where there are either existing um, or proposed segments of curb, gutter, and sidewalk, or, and or these are areas where the streets connect with other pedestrian facilities on other streets. And so we're recommending that we would maintain and continue the sidewalk on at least one side of these streets just to create kind of that continuous walkability throughout the neighborhood. And the blue streets are a bit narrower. Um, they're tw typically 24 to 28. And we have three different options that we wanna show you and get your input on for those. And then the narrowest streets are nominally 20 to 24 feet wide. And there aren't very many of those um, shown, but those are shown in the purple. And they typically serve very, very um, small amount of residences and people tend to travel generally very slowly on those streets, the purple streets. So um, the curb gutter and sidewalk street connections would be um, basically something that looks like this, similar to some of the other improvements that you may have seen in the neighborhood with curb gutter and sidewalk and a planting strip. And that really is what, what we're proposing that we continue to do that in the pink streets. So we're gonna pause right here and just for a, a minute or two, ask what folks think about this concept for the pink, pink streets and I'll go back to the map. Um, just one comment yet. Right now it says, yes, yes, yes. Oh, great. So. Okay. Bit of positive feedback. Excellent. Anything else coming through? Um, yeah, someone asked, uh, why, why not propose sidewalks on both sides? Oh, I think that that could occur and it's gonna, going to really depend on, um, you know, the available width and um, topography and other constraints. So that could happen in design, but. We want to say at least one side of the street. Um, so it, it's something that I think the city will look at with future development applications, whether there should be one side or both sides, depends on the street likely. Yeah, and Maddie, I, mean, uh, I think that is consistent with the standard throughout the uh, remainder of the city, but I think that the intention is for uh, this area of Holmes Point to have a uh, very specific and flexible approach. And so that's why we're uh, proposing uh, this as the minimum on these streets is, uh, you know, have it on one side. So it's trying to listen to the community's feedback on being flexible for this community specifically. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and this question asks, these improvements are primarily triggered when an, enjoy when an adjoining property is redeveloped. Correct? Yes, correct. Um, okay, will trees come down to put in these curb gutter and sidewalks? They, they could um, affect tree removal again. All the improvements would occur within the existing right-of-way. And uh, 
you know, I think in design, again, flexibility will be key. Where, let me go back to the um, cross section, sorry. Uh, you know, because I think you could, you know, for example, if there was a very large tree along the right of way edge there, such as we're showing in this, in this illustration, and you needed to, you know, that there was a strong interest in preserving that tree, you could pull the sidewalk back towards the curb to protect that tree. So there are things like that, that are details that the design engineers would look at, knowing that tree preservation is a really important priority to the neighborhood. And we'll be documenting that in this report. Great, we have a question about the width of the streets. Um, they say, in some cases where sidewalks were added and cars would previously park on the side near the ditch, the street has been made more narrow and now cars are parking in the street, blocking traffic. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I think the city has a minimum width that is required if on-street parking is anticipated. But at the same time, you're also trying to like, you know, balance that, what we just talked about, that need to preserve trees. And so if you make the streets too wide to accommodate parking, say on both sides um, and without flexibility, then you, then you would lose a lot of trees. You know, it's pretty, I know I've experienced this in, in neighborhoods that have, um, you know, narrower streets people just tend to make it work and, um, you know, traffic is slow and um, parking's informal, but, you know, you can get through if you need to. So that's kind of how these streets would operate as well. Um, this comment says for sidewalk locations, consider where children catch the bus. Great idea, yep. Um, and another comment that there are some sharp turns and blind corners in these areas. Yeah. Um, I think you addressed this, but just another concern that the sidewalk curb and gutter proposal may result in widening um, outside of the current roadway. Yes, that, that could occur. Um, there's a lot of right of way to work with, but again, it would be a process of really looking at the mature trees and other features and preserving, you know, as many trees as possible with the design, as I just described. So, good. Maybe, Go maybe, ahead. Maybe this question kind of ties into this process, but it says, uh, what, are, what is the timing of the improvements planned for these streets? Yeah, maybe I'll let Rosalie answer that. <laughs> Yeah, so timing again is uh, for these pink streets. It is as development occurs. And so what this plan will do will give the Public Works uh, engineering, uh, Development Engineering Group the authority to kind of begin implementing this on as development uh, occurs in these uh, neighborhoods on these streets. And, and to elaborate on what Rosalie just said accurately is that the city does not have plans to put in its capital improvement plan these improvements or improvements like these. This would be um, in the foreseeable future entirely based upon infill development. Yes, okay. Should we move on to talk about the blue streets? 
And by the way, I think I might have uh, forgot to mention we're only focused on public street rights of way. There wouldn't be any standards for the private streets that are existing out there. Those are privately um, operated. So our focus is on the public streets. And for the 24 to 28 foot um, streets, what, we're, what we want to get your input on are three different options. We have one that has a mixed use area that's a shoulder. It's uh, paved in concrete, but it's at grade with the street. And this is a standard that the city's using in other locations. It provides a place for pedestrians and low-speed low bicyclists, um, but it helps to maintain the character of these um, kind of more forested street areas. Or another option would be a separated path for pedestrians and low-speed bicyclists to use. We'll show you examples of what these look like. And then the third option would be just to basically have these streets function as they do today with as a shared street by everyone with no separation um, between the drive lanes and pedestrian and bicycle use. So the option A would be, again, trying to kind of contain the improvements in a narrower space by having a shoulder that's paved directly adjacent to the travel way. This is option A. Um, option B takes up a little bit more space because we're looking at um, separating the path from the roadway with a planting area. It could be a narrow planting area, a couple feet, uh, but enough to create a visual separation. And then the last option <clears throat> is basically, you know, we could put share the road signs um, up and really try to work with some education and outreach to get people accustomed to sharing these roads throughout the neighborhood with pedestrians and bicyclists. So I'm gonna turn it over to Rosalie because I know we have a little poll that we wanna put up with these. Yeah, so I will start a poll. This, these are the, this is the question uh, that we will be kind of, it's a two question poll, pretty simple, pretty quick, but those, uh, what Mandy just walked through, those are your options. So uh, I will go to the poll and Mandy, would you mind, yeah, slowly working through those. So here's, I'll launch the poll. This will be up for two minutes um, and then we can, uh, we'll see what the answers are. And really quickly while we're doing the poll, would you mind responding to one question to clarify these options? Um, and it was on the concrete mixed use shoulder option. And the question was, are these paths concrete sidewalks? The, they wouldn't be like a raised sidewalk with a curb, which is kind of the more traditional sidewalk. It's more of a path that's at the same grade as the road. And I don't know if, if anybody at the city wants to respond, but it's a design standard that they're using in other locations. Yeah, I think in, in that regard too, you know, we were discussing, oh, do we want this to seem more like a sidewalk? And we know it'd be nice to have some sort of like rural feel and have it be in similar grade to the road. So this could be an asphalt um, pathway as well, just a wider shoulder of the road. Um, but having it be concrete would have more of a visual separation too, rather than, it, you know, it could deter people parking on it because it looks more like a sidewalk 
but it would yeah be a general path on the same grade as the road. Right, looks like it's starting to slow down. If you're in process, uh, I'll give you about 30 more seconds to finish up the poll questions. Poll's been up for uh, one minute, 50 seconds, 10 more seconds. Okay, here we are. Uh, so this is on, I believe, my screen only. So we had 17 participants uh, take the poll out of uh, 24. Let's see, we've got 35% uh, preferred the concrete mixed use shoulder. 47% uh, preferred a buffered mixed-use pathway, and 18%, uh, three people preferred the, a shared roadway. And then uh, as far as your least preferred concept, uh, it looks like the least preferred was the shared roadway that had 59% uh, of people selected that as their least preferred option, 29% the least preferred was a buffered mixed use pathway and 12% the least preferred concept was the concrete mixed use shoulder. Okay, great input. <laughs> thank you. Yes, thank you. Okay, let's see, we'll move on here and uh, talk about um, the purple streets. And uh, again, you can, you can see these segments. There's really a handful about, looks, let's see, looks like three, four, five, six locations. And these are kind of ends of streets that are really narrow. Um, you know, there's, they serve a smaller number, number of residents. And so for that reason, they wouldn't be carrying as much traffic normally. And um, for these, again, kind of responding to what we were hearing about minimizing the level of change to, um, to the neighborhood, retaining the neighborhood character. So for these, we're proposing a shared street that again, could be signed um, as a, you know, with share the road or other types of signing and shared by a mix of pedestrians, bicycles and visitors vehicles, um, knowing that people are going to be traveling really slowly on these streets and there's going to be a lot less traffic volume in those locations. So I think we want to take a moment now to get some input on that. Um, we don't have comments specifically on the standard yet, but we do have a couple that kind of relate to all the neighborhood streets. Um, one is if this is only being implemented by developers or infill, won't it take a long time for any of this to actually be contiguous or for practical usage? Yes, I think I think it it will. Um, there, are, I don't know of any specific plans right now to for development in this area. Do you at the city know of anything? There, there are occasional infill or redevelopment projects. And based upon the outcome of this process and the city council's decisions, 
um, those new infill or redevelopment projects um, would abide by the new standard. But the, the person who commented is correct. Uh, uh, un unless the city programs a capital improvement project or a series of capital improvement projects, it will be incremental um, and may take a long time to implement. Great. And on the, the 20 to 24 foot standard specifically, we have one comment that says shared streets here seem appropriate. Um, and another that says Northeast 130th Street connects to Holmes Point Drive or connects Holmes Point to the top of the hill at 72nd to Juanita Drive needs to be better equipped to handle pedestrians. Okay, we could take a look at that. Um, and then we have another comment. I think this is actually on the 24 to 28 foot streets that says, making a six to eight foot pathway on the east side of Holmes Point Drive Northeast will remove most, if not all parking. A smaller pedestrian path pathway width seems to be more feasible. Okay, that must have been for the residential segment of Holmes Point. Yes, I think that's referring to the previous. Um, another comment on these purple streets that says 100% agree with the standards for purple streets. They can essentially be left as is. Great. Um, trying to see if there's any specifically for this standard. Yeah, I think we're kind of, we're getting towards the end of the meeting. So are, are you seeing anything in the comments or questions that is really unique, standing out as something, sounds like there's mm -hmm. some consistent, consistent things, but just wondering. There are, there, there were a few comments we couldn't get to, but I think we'll be following up and taking a look, you know, a close look at how those impact these. Um, there's one more question we had sort of about more towards Holmes Point Drive, but it says, for some areas of Holmes Point Drive, especially at each end of the waterfront portions, there are serious topographic issues that will require major cut or fills and substantial retaining walls. Won't this drive the cost of development up significantly on parcels in these areas? Yeah, I, I think that's a very astute comment. And again, that's something that would be looked at in engineering design. Uh, and another reason why we're really trying to keep the improvement area as narrow as possible while still meeting, you know, what we heard really loud and clear from the neighborhood that we need safer, delineated places for people to walk and cross. So it's so we're really trying to find that balance of you know, keeping it narrow. There will be areas where you, you would have to have some low retaining walls and, and do some stormwater improvements, as I mentioned earlier, but that would all be um, addressed during the engineering process. Yes, and the person who commented um, is both astute or has a little bit of inside knowledge in that when Holmes Point Drive was uh, first built and installed, the cut and fill techniques were uh, not the same as we would use today. Oh. So there, there will be some, um, some challenges um, to 
improving the uh, profile that's there now. Yes. Yes. Good. And there are some, you know, just, I'll just say too, technology is improved as well. So there are, you know, different types of retaining systems that are being used today um, that are, you know, more cost-effective, but also attractive. So I'm sure. Thank you. Thank you for that insight. That's helpful to know. I feel like we should turn it back over to Rosalie now to kind of just summarize and tell, tell us about next steps. Um, can I just ask one more question that I think is a, a yeah. valid question here right at the end. Can you talk more about speed reduction concepts in the residential area of Holmes Point? And, and by oh, sorry, Holmes Point Drive specifically. On yellow, on the yellow, yeah. yeah. So um, let's see, I think I will just go back to, sorry, I, there's no fast way to do this, but go back to this uh, map. Um, so this, this yellow line represents that residential area where we're introducing that protected path on the east side with the curb. And just that being in the field of vision for drivers is a traffic calming measure. They become more aware that pedestrians and bicyclists will be over there and it prompts people to move more slowly. And in addition to that, we've recommended these pedestrian and they can be bicycle crossing locations that are shown as these yellow dots. And in our earlier discussions, we had, were talking about the potential for those to be raised crossings as well. So again, you're introducing a highly visible element that improves pedestrian safety and also helps to calm traffic and speeds in this flatter, flatter area of the corridor. And how about the section to the north? So that's more of the residential area along the lake, yeah. Yeah, that would, um, so north of here, Correct. would also continue to have that continuous path. And, and then as the Holmes Point Drive starts to rise, that would turn into that buffered climbing lane that, um, that we showed you earlier. Thank you. And thank you all for your questions. These are really great. Yeah. All right. So um, to recap, uh, next steps in this process, we will be, so this meeting has been recorded. We have uh, gotten all of your questions. Uh, uh, also not recorded. We've taken down all of your questions. And so we will be posting this recording as well as turning the, um, where we were asking your questions, we're turning that into a form that we will put on our city website. Uh, we'll email that out to our listserv, but you know, word of mouth is a great way as well to spread word about this. So, you know, if you um, are still on, you, if you can talk to your neighbors, uh, let people know that this is on our city website, we welcome that feedback. That will be, uh, we'll be collecting that feedback through the 15th of, January. So one month, uh, that's, uh, we're closing that on the 15th before this goes to the Transportation Commission. So uh, that will be January, the fourth Wednesday of January, it'll be going to the Transportation Commission. And then from there, uh, with the Transportation Commission feedback, 
This will be then going to uh, city council for their direction. Um, and then depending on what city council